When people talk about the Holocaust, they talk about the tragedy and horror of six million Jewish lives being lost to the Nazi war machine. But they never mention the thousands of gypsies that were killed by the Nazis. No one ever wants to talk about that because no one ever wants to talk about the positives. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dallingpot, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Um, Tobes, what's been happening? So, James, um, one thing we didn't talk about last week, but probably should talk about now, is the um, uh, truckers' revolt in Canada. Did we not mention um, it? And just how successful that's been, the uh, protest, um, and, um, and just how appalling the coverage of uh, that protest has been in the legacy media, but not just the legacy media, also on platforms like um, Facebook, where the various groups the truckers had set up have all been banned um gofundme um having initially allowed them to raise money on their platform have now stopped them doing that and initially said i think um we'll just keep the 10 million dollars raised and distribute it to um woke charities and now they've rode back on that and they're now going to give it back to the people who originally donated but uh if there's anything left over they're going to give that to woke charities um and uh, uh but it's it's extraordinary isn't it how just how effective um that protest has been and just 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 how much uh, you know that both the mainstream media and social media have been exposed by it um well i don't know because i i i thought that the truckers were all fascists and i'll tell you why <laughs> um i saw a, a cartoon in the washington post yes and rather wittily it showed a truckers convoy and on each of the truck the trucks was written the word fascism Yes, so, um, it, that was reproduced also in, I think, the Toronto Star. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's um, it's, it's amazing, isn't, isn't it, it? that uh, cartoonists who once upon a time were anti-establishment are now kind of propaganda arms of the biosecurity state. Quite incredible. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I'm almost for the first time in the last two years, I'm almost envious of Canadians because I, I previously I've been looking at Canada and thinking. Oh my goodness, you are just so screwed. I mean, apart from Australia and and Kiwiland, it's hard to think of anywhere in the world which has been more screwed by by the whole kind of biosecurity fascism. Um, and I thought, well, they're not going to get out of this. They're stuck there now. They can't even leave the country if they haven't had the death jab. And I, I just I just kind of written them off. I thought I'm never ever going to be able to go and and see a a, a mounty a mounty in person. I'm never going to see eat, eat you know maple syrup on my pancake or do whatever, whatever <laughs> you know wear a wear a plaid shirt um a red plaid shirt. I, it, it's all over. But in a way, the sort of the um the extre- extremity of the misery that has been imposed on them by President Bieber. Has has generated this spirit of resistance, which we're now seeing with 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 the truckers, and it's it's fantastic, and it's 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 joyous. I, I mean, you've asked me before how I see all this panning out. You know, what my solution is, given that all revolutions inevit- inevitably lead to more misery and despair. I what I really want is mass civil disobedience across the world. I I think that's the only way we're going to resolve this problem 
peacefully, if we all gather, gang together and say, we're not putting up with this stuff anymore. I think the Canadians are showing us the way. Yeah, no, it's, uh, as you say, it uh, completely restores one's faith um, in uh, in the people of Canada. Um, uh, and, and what's been impressive about the um, uh, protest has been uh, not just the you know huge numbers of lorry drivers who've participated, but all the people along the way who've come out onto the side of the road to kind of wave flags and cheer them on, and all the people descending on Ottawa and elsewhere, uh, supporting them, giving them food, beer, holding parties and so forth. And the attempt by, you know, the mainstream media and social media to portray them as, you know, alt-right fascists and uh, racists has been so kind of uh, it's so easy to rebut all those characterizations just by showing video footage of um, you know of, of the people participating in the process you know who are people of all ages all races all ethnicities you know uh, there are various representatives of kind of uh, the indigenous peoples of Canada playing their drums and dancing around totem poles and god knows what I mean it, it couldn't be it, it's like a kind of it's like a sort of festival um, uh, for a kind of progressive cause it's not at all as it's being portrayed as a kind of white supremacist rally you know where are the peaked caps you know it's just extraordinary uh, how has has, has President with President Bieber Ceausescu come out of his hiding yet? Or is I he don't still... know. Um, he's, he he claims to have COVID, doesn't he? Symptomless he COVID. Does, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, it's good. Uh, also, you must have come across the, the the hilarious story about how the Ottawa municipal authorities or the mayor, I think, yes. rang up all the local tow truck companies trying to try and tow away these the these tr- convoy trucks that that were. were occupying the city and mysteriously every single tow truck company he contacted said we'd love to help but we can't because everyone's got covid yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, i'm sure that i'm sure they had as well i'm sure they weren't lying Anyway, so that's um, quite heartening. Um, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's, it, it, it's good news, and and it, it, it sort of, I I think that that in the, the the Commonwealth countries which have been hardest hit by this for some reason um, are also the ones that are giving us signs of of hope. I mean, you think about. I just watched that fantastic documentary um, by um, Topher Field called Battleground um, Melbourne. I think it is um, right about 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 the resistance in or battleground in, in, victoria in yeah battleground victoria sorry yes um and um anyway you can find it on topher field you can find it on the on the internet um it's 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 really you know it's 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 heartening to see how that those protests initially because because dan andrews the, the the state premier put down the 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 the, the resistance with great brutality and still the resistance snowballed and i mean i i think this is the way forward we've we've just got to it, it's all about people power yeah and, and one of the impressive things about the truckers protest is that whereas you can kind of with tear gas and water cannon and riot police you can disperse um a crowd of protesters you know however committed they are to the cause and you know however large the crowd is but you, you water cannon tear gas Right, please. Are pretty ineffective against you know twenty-ton trucks, um, so they can't really. Well, be moved. exactly. Which is why I think that our, when we go on our next street protests, we should be mounted on elephants or something yeah. similar. 
like you know like like Hannibal because I think that that is the way to avoid being you know not mucked around by the police yeah did you see have you have you seen the the, the, the total field documentary yet no i haven't seen I mean, it, it, no. it is it is just amazing there, there, there was there was well, there's one protest so you may have you may have seen footage of it where the 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 protesters managed to break through this riot police cordon and the police were so angry that they took it out on this 70 something woman uh, who they knocked to the ground and then pepper sprayed her in the face mm. and then afterwards they put about the lie that this woman was actually a a 34 year old man in disguise which they must have known not to be true i mean she was actually wearing a wig to describe to disguise herself but we we do know that she was genuinely a 70 year old woman i i think what i find shocking about this is that i don't know about you Tobes, i'd always grown up imagining that the police you know they might play fast and loose with the details sometimes to get their man but they wouldn't tell outrageous lies direct and now i think we, we we've come to expect this from our politicians from from the, the police from from the lot of them that that they 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 hold us in such contempt they they don't care whether whether they lie to us or whether we even know that they're lying well they think um, i think they they think of the lies they tell as noble lies their lies for our own benefit. So that's how I think they justify, you know, um, right. the misinformation they spread themselves. You know, they claim to be, you know, passionately opposed to misinformation, but actually misinformation in a good cause is perfectly acceptable. It's misinformation in a cause they don't support that is a heinous sin. Yeah, well, that isn't there's some new, well, there is some new legislation going through Parliament right now where they're going to make it, Boris Johnson administration is going to make it illegal to to spread misinformation about things like like COVID. And you're thinking, actually, the government, Boris Johnson's government has been doing little else but spread misinformation about about COVID. So how, how does that work? Yeah, we're, we're, and all these all these stories that previously for the last two years, we've been told are crazy kooky conspiracy theories now turn out low to be to be actually factually accurate the stuff about the pcr test not being fit for purpose well we some of us have been saying that since mid 2020 uh the stuff about lockdowns only saving what you know about five people give or take some of us known that known that for a very long time and, and suddenly it's it's being allowed to creep out in the in the mainstream media and we're, we're supposed to go oh well Finally, we've discovered the truth. But but what 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 about those of us who've known that this was the case all along and have been been had our, been ridiculed and marginalised for it? How does that work? Yeah, how does that work? I mean, will will we now be able to encourage the government to prosecute the director general of the BBC and the chief executive of Sky for disseminating COVID misinformation um, for the past two years? Um, I mean, I, well, I actually think that's been misreported, James and. Um, what the government is actually proposing to do is to incorporate a recommendation made by the Law Commission of England and Wales to reform communications law, uh, incorporate that into the online safety bill, which is designed to make Britain the safest place to go online in the world. But one of the one of you the, don't believe one of that, the, do you? That's, that sounds like you're, you're repeating a propaganda point. Well, made I, I, by that the government. was that was repeating a propaganda line. But um, the, the stuff about making Britain the safest place in the world to go online. But I do think that what, what, what's under what, what safe the government, for whom for fascists? You know, for fascist what, members. <laughs> of the authorities originally not for ordinary folk it was originally how sajid javid i think described the online safety bill in the 
white paper where it was, I think, then described as Johan Harms Bill. But one of the recommendations of the Law Commission of England and Wales is that knowingly spreading false information in a way that's intended to cause people psychological distress or harm, um, uh, that will become uh, illegal, punishable by up to six months in prison. But I don't think that would capture, um, you know, contentious views or counter-narrative views about the pandemic. So I think that's been misreported. Well, you'd, actually. you'd think that, and yet... You look at how the courts have behaved throughout this. Most of the cases which have been brought against the government, the judicial reviews or whatever, have have obviously um, taken the side of the government, despite the fact you know, the, the, the judges often wouldn't even consider the, the evidence uh, against the, the government's position. It was just kind of like, you know, they're in, in cahoots. So I, I, don't, I don't trust our independent judiciary anymore. They're not independent. They're just stooges of the state. Well, it, you it get won't your be, exception, but I don't yeah. trust the system at all. Yeah. Well, I think I think I think where the system, where people like you and I may end up being penalised for you know uh, being expressing dissenting views on a podcast like this, um, is that um, uh, uh, the the social media companies um, uh, will 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 have a uh, legal duty. Um, to enforce their terms and conditions, and um, they they um, if they want to if they themselves want to ban what they describe as misinformation about lockdowns and the vaccines, they'll be perfectly at liberty to do that. The only constraint on them will be that they have to have due regard to free speech under the online safety bill. So their their codes of their, 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 their terms and conditions, their terms of service will have to have due regard for free speech. But due regard is the weakest of the legal duties. So you can say as a Twitter can say, well, we did consider the implications of this policy whereby we're banning any misinformation about the vaccines. We did consider its impact on free speech and we decided to entirely dismiss it. And that would be complying with their due regard duty. So one of the things the Free Speech Union is campaigning for is to increase that duty to particular regard, which would mean they'd have to have more regard than merely due regard for uh, do you reckon for free speech. I don't know. Um, that we're we're awaiting the publication of the kind of latest iteration of the online safety bill, but it's certainly. Well, I suppose this, certainly this is your area, isn't it? This is this is this is my area. Is, yeah, this is yeah. something the free speech um, union is but, very engaged but with. It, I, I'm not encouraged. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't mean I'm not encouraged by the fact that you're. This is your area. I mean, it, it it just sounds to me like this this government is is giving carte blanche to to the the big tech. Sensors. In fact, they're using using big big tech, which is notoriously censorious of anyone on our side of the argument. Mm. They're using them to affect their policies. Yes, well, without um, getting the blame for it, you know, oh, it's when, not us. It's the it's the tech companies which are just kind of when, when you when you when you make orders. when you make that argument to um, defenders of the online safety bill, they say one of the requirements um, of social media companies under the bill in which Ofcom will be making sure they comply with will be to enforce their terms of service uh, consistently. So they won't be able to arbitrarily enforce them. So they they wouldn't be able to, under the um, new regulations, ban Trump, but not the leader of the Taliban. Um, So they claim that things will actually get better after the online safety bill has passed, as far as free speech is concerned, not worse. Um, It's, you know, uh, 
but 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 it's not it's not quite as open and shut as uh, many campaigners have uh, have claimed. And um, you know, when you get into the kind of detail of it, then uh, there are there are there are some pluses, but it is mainly negative. Um, so, James, yeah. we should probably break at this point to hear from one yes. of our sponsors. Express VPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. Open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect, and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. Choose from almost a hundred different countries. Supercharge your Netflix subscription with way more content. The Dark Knight and Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Canada Netflix, Ricky and Mort- Rick and Morty on France Netflix, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Australia Netflix. This works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube. You can finally access the free streaming service Peacock. Just change your location to the US. You can stream in HD, no problems, no buffering or lag. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs and more. Not only does it let you change your location, it also includes encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Go to expressvpn.com slash London to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn, E-X-P-R-E-S-S, vpn.com slash London. Okay, I also wanted to talk to you about, um, uh, I thought we ought to talk about Jimmy Carr. I don't know if you've um, uh, been following the ruckus about um, Jimmy Carr's yes. Netflix special, His Dark Material. I think um, he's a wanker, but I think we deserve to. I think we should we defend his right to make sick, tasteless jokes because isn't that? I mean, that's what he does. I know. And some of them, sick, tasteless jokes can be quite funny, precisely because they're sick and tasteless. And that um, is, as yeah. you say, that is his shtick, isn't it? That's his it kind is. of unique selling point as a stand-up comic is that he goes where other comics fear to tread uh, he he he's he he will make these incredibly sick bad taste jokes and sometimes you know quite often they they cross the line that's what makes them in poor taste that what's that's what makes them sick um but given that that's his shtick they shouldn't be taken at face value i mean one of the kind of awful things about this kind of um, moral panic about this joke he told um, is that uh, people are pretending that he's actually indistinguishable from a kind of um, a a white supremacist hater of um, gypsy and Roma people um, who is advocating genocide against gypsy and Roma people and that it's not a joke at all and he shouldn't be given any latitude or license in virtue of being a comedian who does this kind of sick material and who did it under the banner of his dark materials no he is indistinguishable from you know just a you know a a a someone who's preaching hatred and genocide against a racial and ethnic minority and for that reason he should be prosecuted so various people whereas, actually whereas we to be prosecuted. Know, we we know that the only people who wants genocide in reality are are the un, <laughs> unvaccinated because he actually incorporated that into one of his unfunny sketches didn't they where, where he was he was sort of singling out the unvaccinated that, as, that, as, and that was probably much really more sincere people and that that unlike his joke about um you know the gypsies um was as you say probably sincerely felt um oh, yeah. but um uh, I hope it, he's been it, jabbed, did, did you see that jabbed. um this this um <laughs> you know not to be outdone by all the kind of woke comics like kate smirthwaite who've been calling for you know jimmy carr to be cancelled even though you know he's a colleague and probably a friend um uh, the snp have typically gone one further you know it's like 
hold my beer, Kate Smurthwaite, this SNP councillor, um, has said that not only should Carr be prosecuted for telling this joke, but any member of the audience who laughed should also be prosecuted. Oh, yeah, she didn't specify it. whether it was just the kind of people in the room where the Netflix special was filmed or actually anyone watching it on Netflix. And incidentally, this is the highest rated special on Netflix of this year. So we're talking millions of people to be thrown into the SNP's gulags, uh, if that's what this counts. Of. It's absolutely extraordinary. Wow, is it the highest rated? That's extraordinary. It is, yeah. How much does that bastard make? I mean, more than we do, I'd say. Yeah, he, he we, can we, be, I, Maybe we should put a few gypsy jokes into our podcast. Do you think that would that would no. that would swing it for us? <laughs> I, th- I think I think if if you've got you know if if you make um you know t- twenty five million dollars per special, then you can afford to defend yourself with some pretty good lawyers. I'm not sure, but they do the go for post. you, don't they? I mean, jo- Joe Rogan. I, I I don't know how much is it. What what was his deal with um with Spotify? I think it was a um, hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's I want one of those contracts. That's what I want. Um, yeah. But it does seem to seem that the price you pay for that is that they really go for you. I mean, the Obamas. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine having to, being tried to be cancelled by one of the leaders of the cabal. You know, that's that's he's, he's got some influence. Yeah, it's terrifying. And um, yeah, and and uh, you know, as each day passes, you know the. The um, effort to cancel Rogan seems to gather momentum. And I'm no longer as confident as I was that they won't end up succeeding. And when I say cancel, what I mean is he'll be kicked off um, Spotify or he'll just they'll just kind of, you know, they'll just start kind of turning off the oxygen. So he eventually just goes. Um, and then, of course, he'll go somewhere else. And I'm sure his audience will be just as large, if not. It'll larger. be like when when Top Gear leave the BBC. And he's yeah. Get, his, yeah. his 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 new contract will be dwarfed, but <laughs> his old contract will be dwarfed by his new one for for whatever. Yeah, two hundred million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so unfair. That's yeah. why we need to get in on the game and start being well, offensive now. We, the, we we need to incorporate the N word into our because that that's apparently not very effective. That. But the, the annoying thing about this is that um, when there is an effort like this to cancel someone like. Um, Joe Rogan and he does end up losing his job at Spotify but then gets another job and is paid 200 million instead of just 100 million people say cancel culture it's not real you know look look they, people quote unquote cancel Joe Rogan and now he's earning twice as much it's a complete it, it's made up by readers at the Daily Telegraph and culture warriors like Toby Young and James Dellingpole um, but actually you know that's the tip of the iceberg for the most part the people who are cancelled and who don't come back are ordinary working people um, uh, who yes. Who, who who inadvertently um, breach one of these unwritten speech codes and end up losing their livelihoods. Those are the people the Free Speech Union has to that's, go to uh, That's our day. audience, Tobes. That's our Ordinary right. working people. Ordinary working people who've just who lost their livelihoods. Who dig for... shooting and fox hunting <laughs> references particularly. And <laughs> they're ordinated to hear about what it was like being at Oxford in the 1980s. It's very touching, really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, 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 just just to linger for a second on uh, the kind of Jimmy Carr imbroglio. I mean, do you think that people like Kate Smurthwaite and others who've been, you know, David Baddiel, um, God knows, I mean, all sorts of seemingly quite progressive liberal comedians yeah. calling for Jimmy Carr to be punished. Um, uh, do you think they, you know, if they actually believe that he should be prosecuted and if he can't be prosecuted under existing laws prohibiting stirring up hatred, then the law needs to be changed to uh, to enable the police to prosecute and imprison Jimmy Carr. I mean, 
do they really think that um, uh, the state should have the power to imprison people for telling bad jokes? And do they really think that that power will never be used against them? I mean, it seems just staggering. Yes, it's like the... Did you see the the, the South Park set in the future where, um, you know, after sort of 20 or 30 years after after COVID and COVID is still shutting down South Park and um, the, 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 the disabled one has turned into a... A, a, a comic is it is it butters i'm not very good at my south park character name anyway what the, the, the disabled character has turned into this comic who 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 tells these relentlessly uh unfunny woke woke jokes about how wonderful ethnic minorities are and and, and gay people and stuff and it's like that i mean that's what that's where we're heading yeah it'll be odd won't it it's like um uh yeah in in, in 25 years time perhaps actually no in five years time a netflix comedy special will consist of you know, um, a black lesbian in a wheelchair lecturing us about, um, you know, being insensitive to minorities. That'll be yeah. a comedy special yes. on Netflix. It will. Um, <laughs> uh, so, James, we should probably hear from um, another of our yes. sponsors. Um, uh, let's go to them. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments and Virtual Interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com London. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash London to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. That's indeed.com slash London. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. By the way, James, did you see um, uh, what I think must have been um, the first ever and possibly the last ever review of London Calling in Left Foot Forward? I, I, oh, I no. sent it well, to you. Oh, did, no, did, no, did, no. Did you bother me. to I, read it? I must it? have missed this. Where do you send it to? My... Uh, I sent it to the um, WhatsApp oh. group um, that me, you oh. and Brian are on. Uh, or the the, the oh, chat. No, group. tell um, me. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it was. It was. Yeah, no, it was. Um, was it? Was it? Was it favourable? We'll get Brian to. I imagine um, it was. Well, it was. It was. It was a bit mixed. It sort of said it was funny, but I think it, it said it, it was mainly inadvertently funny. So we were sort of hilarious yeah. without intending to be. So he was sort of laughing oh. at us, not with us. But nonetheless, I thought some of the things he quoted, which were intended to illustrate how we were unintentionally funny, were obviously intended to be funny by us uh we weren't just you know saying them in earnest in order not to provoke gales of laughter in our listeners and actually i thought the things he was quoting often read this review it sounds sounds really good i know it was it was a, it was, a, it was a, and, and well brian suggested that um uh i mean i think he says you know um this is this is um 
you know, without them meaning to, James Dellingpole and Toby Young have created the funniest podcast, um, uh, you know, in the world. And Brian said, why don't we just put funniest yes, podcast in the world, left foot forward, Yeah, you know, underneath <laughs> on, the, on our sort of promotional literature. Um, uh, yeah, which I think would be quite funny. Um, but uh, anyway, no, was it was is left foot forward? Is that is that Jack Straw's son? Um, I don't. Think, it may have been once upon a time, um, but it's right. it's a magazine rather than um, a, a, a sort of think tank, um, and um, uh, and it, it's it's a long standing. You know, actually, not bad. Kind of Fabian esque, kind of centre. Is it a bit like Teen Vogue telling you about the best ways to have anal sex? No, it's it's not quite as idiotic as that. I mean, quite, I, quite you know, similar, I mean, I bet. Come on, left I mean, it, forward, it, Teen Vogue. I think they're pretty much in the same camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, left foot. I mean, you know, this is a case of left foot forward and then right foot in mouth. Um, <laughs> because I don't think he's got everything right in his his um, uh, review. But but uh, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't completely sort of brain dead. Uh, some of it was quite amusing. Have they got Have they got a podcast that we're beating at the moment, or, or is that? Uh, yeah, that would be interesting to see. I don't know. Whether, perhaps they do, and perhaps that's at the root of it, James. Perhaps Left Foot Forward have their own weekly podcast, which is sort of you know two hundred and thirteen in the um, British weekly politics podcasts, um, and that's 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 why they've decided to uh, write a um, bad review of us. Is it Culture Corner yet? Or have um, we still got more serious stuff to talk about? I think about? it is. I think it... I think... It, I think... I think. We, should we have one more message from oh, yeah, a sponsor yeah, sure. and then go to Culture Corner? One thing that hasn't changed with the new year is my disgust that our producer Brian gets all the goodies from Moink just because he lives in America. If you live in America, you too can live the life of Brian. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and Moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar and all the other junk you find prepackaged in the meat aisle. Sign up at moinkbox.com slash London to get a year of filet mignon for free and then pick what meats you want delivered with your first box. Change what you get each month and cancel any time. And Brian says the fillets are absolutely the tenderest he's ever cooked. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. And Brian agrees. And Jamie Siminoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. They guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash London right now. And listeners to this show get free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash London. That's moinkbox.com slash London. So, James, you kick off with... Yeah, um, I found, we found a new thing that we like. <laughs> yeah. I, you may have seen it. Have you Have you seen the new Reacher series? Yes, I have. Um, and I'm on um, I'm on episode um, episode four. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm enjoying it. Oh, you're yeah, ahead, you're ahead of me. No spoilers. I, but I have... Okay. I mean, it's, it, as you've, you've noticed, Reacher is very realistic. It's a very realistic portrait <laughs> of a six foot five man going around America wearing nothing but a T-shirt uh, who, who can survive anything. And even if he's attacked by 10 people in the prison shower or whatever he just 
takes them out with no problem he, as as people do like, yeah and in every episode so far anyway there's been a scene in which these kind of uh yahoos you know uh, in large numbers kind of come for reacher yeah. and think they can kind of take him out and reacher kind of and it, it, reacher says are you sure about this you know um i would advise you against it sort of thing he always kind of warns them that that you know they're going to come off worse before they duly come off worse um it reminds me of those those scenes that i used to love so much as a child in the clint eastwood spaghetti westerns yes you know in which he takes out kind of three or four bad guys sort of uh, in the bat of an eyelid with his and then he of, disappears uh, under the bubbles of his bath and he comes up and his cigar is still in his mouth yes because yes. yeah, Richard doesn't have the cigar but he might as well he's very Eastwood-esque and and actually his even his his voice sometimes reminds me of Clint Eastwood and he sort of he shares um the um, uh, he's a man of few words. He's got this kind of laconic uh, quality that Eastwood had in those spaghetti westerns. I mean, he says very little for the first like five or ten minutes of episode one. He says nothing, um, and people are asking various questions, and uh, he doesn't respond. And then the, 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 he finally speaks, but it's, uh, it establishes the character as a man of action, not words. Do, uh, and when I he does speak, he, of course, he, he reminds, sounds like kind of Sherlock Holmes. I tell you who he reminds me of, and that is The Witcher. He's a okay. he's he's another kind of he's he's very very buff, isn't he? Spends a lot lot of oh time my in God. the gym. And he's I reckon got a, this, he's this got is, the yeah. This is my 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 theory on this. That is that a bit like The Witcher. He's he's always getting his getting his shirt off, and I reckon they put this stuff in for to so for the for the female viewers so that they can they can see see a bit of beefcake while the men get off on on the violence. Um, do you think? No question. Yeah. No question. But, um, uh, I mean, it's it, it, it sort of almost soft porn it for is. women, isn't it? I mean, he has his he, he he almost has his shirt off more often than he has it on. And oh, my God, what a six pack he's got. I mean, even I fancy him. Oh, no, um, I, uh, I fancy but, him, too. I would let um, Reacher, not Mr. Reacher, but Reacher, I would let him shag me Reacher. just because he's, he's yeah. just so. <laughs> I mean, the, the funny thing is, James, he's he's so unbelievably buff. And, you know, his muscles are so pumped up. It's like he's literally just stepped out of a gym, which he spent the last 48 hours in, kind of uh, working out relentlessly. And you sort of think, how does that fit with the character, really? I mean, oh, you know, if, if, if he's someone... I mean, to, to look like that, he would have to spend more than half his life in a gym posing in front of a mirror, lifting weights. Is, and that kind of narcissism doesn't fit very well I'm, with I'm this kind quite... of, you know... I'm actually quite upset with that remark, James, because I've always sort of written you off as being kind of critically uninsightful. But actually, that is the killer point that I, I was going to make in my review of it, that, that there is uh. simply no way that you can maintain a body as buff as that while taking sort of greyhound buses and, and staying in cheap motels. And, and specifically, yeah. you saw episode two. The way he eats junk food, he's he's supposedly yeah. addicted to these kind of chocolates you get in motels, and, and, and I know in reality he would look like he would look like Norm from Cheers, you know, yeah. if uh, if if he if he really did have the lifestyle he seems to have um, in the show. Yeah. I know that is it's totally unrealistic, and, it? and also um, the amount of time it takes to maintain a body like that. You, you 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 really do have to go work work in gym time, several hours of gym time into your day every day i haven't yeah. seen any any scenes where he goes jogging or where there's any indication that he's interested in his exercise routine and the same with diet he, that guy would be eating pretty much raw meat 
all the time. Yeah, he raw meat and kale. That yeah. would be his diet. Not yeah. not uh, dime bars. Yeah. yeah, I think it's unrealistic. Drinks. <laughs> but this is this is a, this is a, a, a feature I've noticed about these TV programs. That um, okay? Do you remember the, the the in the first episode the guy with him in prison, the guy who is is a you know in finance, and they yes. both take off their shirts. And even yes. the guy who works in... in even he's been working out all, frantically, all knowing actors, he's going to do the shirtless scene. Yeah, yeah, they work out. And I think it gives men, or it gives, no, women rather, a misleading impression of how men look normally, you know, without any yeah. effort. And I it's think, just wrong. It's the equivalent, yeah, it's the equivalent of... Um, women often complain that, um, you know, a generation of men who've been brought up on porn have completely unrealistic expectations of sex. Yes. Um, uh, because they expect you know every blob <laughs> to be like the one they've seen you know yeah. um, uh, but in a porn video um, and it's the same isn't it with um, with uh, Reacher it's porn for women and they it's, it's left them with totally unrealistic expectations of what men look like when they take their shirts off I'm quite uh, envious of of Lee Child I, have, I, I don't know whether, whether he's got a sort of Midlands accent but I know he's from Coventry um, but he has written, I think, something like 25 Reacher novels, and each one sells, makes him more money than you and I have made in our entire careers. I mean, what yeah, if- now they're going to make him even more money. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He's just... I mean, because the, the, the Reacher, the, the season one, is based on a single book, right? Yeah. So it could potentially run for 25 seasons. Yeah, and he, he was just the kind of media hack like, like us. I mean, he worked at I think, Granada or somewhere, I think, for many, many years. And then yeah. he's now got this super job, just churning out this, this kind of implausible but <laughs> likable, likable rubbish. So, yeah, I, have you ever read one? No, I have read one, and um, and it. I thought it was a, it was, um, it was all right, but there was a lot of filler. Was you there? know the the, the 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 you know the action scenes yeah. were well well you know well written yeah. and quite exciting, but there was a lot of padding. In between, not like I mean, the great thing about Cornwall is, you know, it's almost all action all the time. There's a bit of digression, but not much. And the ratio of kind of action to kind of filler is 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 great. Um, it's like a Big Mac, um, but but this is this is uh, this is more like a wimpy um, uh, Lee Child's books. You know, like an old-fashioned wimpy burger. It's mainly bun and not much meat. And actually, they, they they've stripped out a lot of the filler in the series, or maybe the book I read was kind of uh, more padded out than. Than the, than the one this uh, series is based on. But yeah, I didn't read another after I'd read one. Perhaps I should go back and read and another. And does he, does he not do sex? Or does he do sex? Yeah, it does. I, I think there's, as far as I recall, I'm no expert on Reacher, but I don't recall there being a sex scene in the book I read. But like Reacher, the TV series, there is a kind of flirtation yeah, well, I mean, between the, the, him the and one of the you, female characters. Yeah. Yeah, the cop. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know whether that relationship would be consummated, by, but I suspect not. I suspect really? that that would be crossing a line oh. uh, for Reacher, who has to remain kind of uh, this kind of paternalistic authority. He's like a warrior monk, and therefore, I suppose, like a warrior monk. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, with a, an incredible six pack. Um, uh, before we go, James, um, I've seen something else too, um, uh, which I mentioned I think last week as looking quite promising, called "All of Us Are Dead." Have you have you watched any of these? No, not yet. So this is um, this is the um, South Korean. Um, oh, that, that's right. I the thing I can't it's, watch because it's about zombies. It's about zombies. <sighs> yeah, 
It's about zombies um, uh, taking over a South Korean high school and about the efforts of these high school students to survive and escape. And uh, it's not bad, but it's not great. It's, oh, really? Um, it's a little bit slow. So, you know, first episode, great. Second episode, great. But then it seems to sort of grind almost to a halt no. and they kind of remain stuck in one classroom. And then at the end of the episode, they eventually make it to another. But they really haven't made much progress as far as getting out of the school is concerned. And there's a lot of kind of soapy stuff in there. So like love triangles between the different students. and But that's what fast forward buttons are for, surely. Can That's you, what. Could, well, I, I mean, I used to feel that sometimes with The Walking Dead. There were some episodes where it was really slow. Yeah. You just had to fast forward to the next zombie attack scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, you could do that, um, uh, but you're probably doing a lot of fast forwarding. Are they? Um, are they good? It's, it's okay. Zombies. It's not bad. If you're a zombie fan, I think it's probably something you could you'd enjoy. I mean, what, what kind? Of, are they kind? Of, do they look like Walking Dead zombies or World War Z zombies or what? They're very. They're, I tell you, they resemble the zombies in um, uh, twenty. Is it twenty eight um, days, hours later? Days later, twenty eight. Yeah. Well, those days later, wasn't there? What's the other one? Months later. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, they move very quickly. So they're not like they're not they're not slow zombies. They're oh. really fast zombies. They don't lumber. They sprint. Um, uh, That's and, unrealistic. Um, uh, <laughs> and also there was one it breaks it breaks one of the cardinal rules of the zombie genre actually because one of the kind of peculiarities of the zombie genre which is just something you have to kind of suspend disbelief about is the only way you can become infected is if you are bitten by um another zombie um you know if their teeth break your skin yeah. then you can be infected but you know if 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 in the course of killing a zombie the zombie's blood splatters into your mouth yeah. and up your nostrils and into your eyeballs you don't get infected. Um, uh, uh, and that's just one of the cardinal rules of the genre. Otherwise, you know, it would be ludicrous and everyone would become infected all the time. And how could you kill them whilst avoiding being infected? Um, but in one scene, um, a, a villainous girl, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, infects another character by um, touching um, a, a, a handkerchief with zombie blood on it to an open wound on their arm and that turns them into a zombie and you think oh hang on a second you know that that's against the zombie against, rules you have to you have to you have to obey the rules you have to um and then you then you're thinking to yourself well if someone could be infected like that why can't they be infected by zombie blood cascading all over them when they chop up a zombie's head um it's not like they haven't got you know bruises and cuts on their faces um anyway so okay. that was annoying well, I'm, um, I'm, I'm gonna try and sneak it in i don't know when maybe I'll, with, with with my boy i'll get some quality z time that's the thing to do isn't it <laughs> And then finally, James, I saw, um, I've seen, I've now watched the entirety of um, season four, part one of Ozarks um, and uh, can't recommend it highly enough. Okay. Fantastic. Great viewing. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, it does sound to me like I'm going to have to, yeah, catch up with Ozark because I, I watched the first two episodes and I just sort of, you know, I went there. But yeah, I'll come, I'll return to it. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, all right, mate. Good. Uh, off to my Pilates class then. Um, I will see you. Okay. Um, yeah, see you next week. Yep. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. This is London Calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.